Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Last year, I dropped deeper and deeper into my purpose of helping women shed unhelpful layers turn inwards and take ownership of their lives in order to access their fullest, most vibrant potential. In this time, I have been creating an immersion that offers exactly that, through a completely unique blend of tools, skills and practices, from yoga, breathwork and the body, to self-inquiry, emotional process work and intuitive and creative art-based explorations, so that understanding and spiritual growth is deeply integrated through a variety of modalities and is fully embodied. I'd love to invite you to the first ever Voyage to the Soul four-day immersion taking place in Norfolk, UK from the 24th to the 27th of April 2020. If you'd like further info on this immersion and how you can join us, please contact me, Shay, through the contact page on shaydaya.com, linked in the show notes. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, this is another episode of Kombucha and Color brought to you from quarantine and self-isolation. Today we are, is it week two of lockdown? I've kind of lost track. I've been on lockdown since before lockdown happened, so I've peaked early. Yeah, Shay's been a like lockdown overachiever. She's an early adopter. <laughs> um, but I think that this has been the week where the government has told us all to stay inside. Um, so Shay and I thought we'd maybe kick off the show today just sharing a little bit of our own observations and experiences as we've noticed the thoughts and feelings and energies change in this collective space that we all share and then go into some tips and things to be aware of as you adjust to this new way of normal. So Shay, how are you doing this week in your gazillionth week of quarantine slash lockdown? Yeah, it's interesting. Before we got onto the chat, Anna and I were just having a quick catch up of how we're doing and how we're feeling. And I was just saying to her that, you know, in the first week when there was completely like everybody went home and nobody was allowed to work, and especially in the yoga space where it's a lot of contact, meeting people, and that was completely like shut down. I had this feeling, really this feeling of like absolute peace and space in my day and there's no pressure and like suddenly I wasn't able to go and like meet private clients and see students and teach yoga classes and be in different studios and like do all the things that I usually do. So there was this immense feeling of like this absolute spaciousness, this complete like breath out, this complete like lack of pressure and of course we know like all this pressure comes from internal like it's all myself created right and which is something that I've been monitoring over this time like how can I create this feeling post quarantine which we'll talk about maybe in um towards the end of the episode but I had this real feeling of like spaciousness peace like slowing down like absolute coming back to the simple beautiful things in life which has been really really profound 
But then as people have started to get more into running their businesses from home and kind of getting adjusted to the new normal and things picking up again in terms of yoga classes being streamed online and different studios and having different yoga classes streaming and like all these different stuff, the pace of life has picked up again a little bit. And it's given me this feeling of like, no, no, but guys, just keep the slow, keep the still. It's beautiful. We need this. Like we so need this. The earth needs this. We need this. We as people need this as a collective, as an environment, like it's just so beneficial. And yet I feel this little pace that's switching on and I'm kind of going, oh, I don't know if I'm quite ready to, to go back. And of course, it's definitely not the same pace at all. Like um, I'm teaching way less classes than I am usually in a week. I don't have to commute anywhere. I'm not seeing private clients. So there's a lot less that I'm doing, but I still feel that little pickup in energy, which is like, oh, interesting. And within myself, I've even noticed like I still have as much to do to fill an entire day worth of work to do because of all the other things that I'm running, the member site that I have, the Move, Breathe, Create platform, all these different other things, blogging and social media stuff, like it can fill an entire day on its own. So it's just made me realize like how much I actually am doing with all of that, plus all my private clients, plus all my yoga practices, plus, you know, traveling out to studios and commuting there back. And it's just been really eye-opening this, this whole, this whole process. Yeah. Maybe you'll chat about how you are. Um, I picked some cards this morning, which were also really insightful, but Anna, how are you feeling in, in your quarantine? Yeah. I think very similar to you, Shay, is that I expressed this last week is when everything started to slow down last week, I felt also the sense of peace and calm because I felt that the, the universe was aligning a little bit more with my natural energy, which has been a little bit more slow. And there wasn't necessarily this pressure or this feeling like everybody else is like doing things and achieving things and moving forward in their life. And, and I feel like I should be doing that too. So I definitely did have that sense of calm. And this week I noticed that there was this energetic shift and I don't know if it was necessarily, it could have been that, more people are picking up on things, but I've really felt a lot more of other people's concerns. I think maybe as some of the realities have hit home about people's situations, you know, I've been in contact with friends who are obviously very concerned, you know, with both people in the relationship are self-employed, their businesses have had to shut down. I've had some clients who've had a lot going on and I'm supporting them. So I feel like I've now as this situation is hitting home in terms of the reality of it all and also starting to think a little bit more about what does this mean for the future? What does this mean for the economy long-term? Starting to think about those kind of bigger, the bigger picture or the bigger impact. I've really felt a lot of the fear and worry with my clients and, and maybe even had those, that bit of worry for myself as well. But then I think also what you're saying in terms of like all the, all the yoga stuff appearing online and I did my first yin yoga class on Friday, which I was super nervous about just because I wanted it to just be really lovely for everyone. I think that's what they needed. And and therefore I just wanted all the technology to work. And I wasn't quite sure about the sound and the music and all those little pieces of the puzzle that need to come together. But it all worked out really, really well. And I actually did the class myself. I listened back to the recording and did it like I was a person in the class and I thought it was really great. 
then there was this little voice of scarcity in my head, which I, as I saw everybody else's classes popping up, like it almost felt like a metaphorical land grab for that online yoga space. And I could see myself falling into this place of scarcity and looking at teachers like yourself and um, some of the other teachers I follow who've obviously been doing this a long time. We've got massive followings and look at all the people on their classes and, you know, am I good enough? And starting to just really get into this very, very scarce mindset about it all. But I did manage to catch that and I did manage to settle back into, you know, my classes are my classes and they're just what I'm offering and the people who are meant to be there will be there and it will all be okay. <laughs> so um, it was like a little bit of a, a, I feel like I've been on a journey <laughs> over the past couple of weeks and I'm sure everybody feels like they've been on a journey in terms of noticing their responses, their reactions and, and learning a little bit more about themselves. So as you mentioned, this thing of kind of noticing this anxiety or picking up somebody else's worry or just feeling that within yourself, what are some of the in-moment practices that you do that help to reset that feeling of balance and grounding? In the moment, it's it's always creating that space just by taking a breath. And we've we've spoken about that before on the show is just having just that moment where you just do take a breath, do take that step back. I think the ability to watch your thinking and to check in with your thoughts and how you're talking to yourself and what you're focusing on. But in, in a wider perspective, what I realized is, it's more about just actually acknowledging the weight of what I'm carrying for others and, and just holding that space for everyone and what they're going through right now. And, and a lot of my clients are very anxious right now. And just understanding that now more than ever, I have to make sure that I set boundaries with myself to care for myself. And that is about being mindful of my use of social media, being mindful to take rest. We have been so blessed with the weather this week. So I'm very grateful. I've just had a few afternoons where I've just sat on the balcony in the sunshine for a little bit and just really chilled out. So taking those, those things, that, that time and that space to rebalance myself is, is always the default. And I feel like the past few years have really helped prepare me for this because it's been, it's been a practice that I've been cultivating now for a long time. Interesting. A friend of mine who um, listens to the show, Sarah, she sent me a voice note the other day and she said, um, she's really just found so much value in this one of the episodes that we interviewed somebody and she was talking specifically about anxiety and how to manage this. And she had this phrase, I can't remember who it was, but maybe it was one of us, but I think she it had was this, Becky Holston potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So she had this, this phrase of just saying in this moment, all is well. Mm. in this moment, all is well, in this moment, all is well. And so, and Eckhart Tolle's, his concept of the power of now is also like that same thing of like, we future trip in our heads. We go to the 10 next steps. We go to this catastrophized version of what could happen as a potential. But if we bring ourselves back, our feet on the ground, our breath in our body, like all is well in this moment. And we just have to live moment by moment, especially when we face with something that's so uncertain, that's so you know, we, we can't, we can't predict the future. We have no idea. We have no idea how long this is going to last. We have no idea how long it's going to be. We have no idea the future impact of it. So rather than trying to guess it all, 
let's just bring ourselves back into here what's right now mm. um, and I think that's you know what you're speaking to is this this real feeling of presence and being within yourself and within you when you're in yourself that's also that first step of establishing those energetic boundaries yeah I completely agree and I've been saying something similar to Ben which is you know you know today are we okay and like when you think about it, like, yeah, we are, there's, we've got food, we've got toilet paper, um, you know, we've got a roof over our head, we've got a little bit of money in the bank, like we've, we've got our health, you know, today we're okay. And so it's just taking each day at a time until we're not okay. But as long as you're actually breathing, you're okay. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, so I thought it would be helpful for us to dive into just some tips for looking after ourselves in this time, physically, mentally, emotionally, we know that everything is connected. The conversations I've been having with clients have really just been around this. When we, we've all been forced to create change right now because our normal habits and our normal routines have been thrown out of whack. And it's just been very interesting to observe you know, what's been happening with a lot of my clients because they're in this very new situation. And even though a lot of the kind of self-care and a lot of the things we could talk about may seem quite obvious because there's so much to think about right now, it's quite easy to forget some of the things that we would do in our normal routine or we would do in certain situations to take care of ourselves. So, I sent an email out to my mailing list going through like 11, 11 things that you can do to stay well when you're staying at home. I know you also shared something on social media yesterday as well, which was a similarly focused. So maybe we could just go through some of our tips and help people stay well while they stay at home. Mm. So start us off. Okay. Well, the first thing I said was, I always say our physical body, our physiology and our psychology are intimately intertwined. And so I think if a lot of people are experiencing uncertainty right now, or they're experiencing anxiety or any unhelpful emotions, there's three components which help us to manage our emotional state. And that's our physiology. So our physical well-being, our language and our focus. So I like just to start off with the physical side of things. And the number one thing I just put in was sleep. So often we are sacrificing sleep because we feel like there's so many things that we need to do in our day. And now is the perfect time to actually get enough sleep because we don't have extra commute times or various other things we may normally be committed to. The important thing in this regard, I think, is to create a routine around sleep because it can be very easy almost to go into holiday mode and want to stay up late because you don't have to necessarily get up early the next morning or there's no, there's no pressure. But this can create a haphazard routine. We can fall in and out of our biorhythm, which can alter sleep quality, which means that we're not necessarily waking up feeling rested. So my number one tip was sleep, but more importantly is just also creating a routine around it so that you're waking up at the same time each day, you're going to bed at a similar time each evening so that your biorhythm can fall into a healthy sink. Mm. So my point on that is to also connect to this idea of routine. And this comes through if you are changing or transitioning from working in an office to working at home. If you had a routine when you worked in an office to get up, and do a workout, then go to work and do your work, go, do your work and then come home and you have a special routine that you usually follow. 
maintain that routine while you are working from home because as you say like it gets yourself out of sync and you get yourself into this kind of holiday mode or you get into some kind of other thing but as much as you can set up systems and routines that you stay in and that's why I feel so privileged to have been a freelancer for the last seven years like I have these routines that are set I wake up I meditate I do my movement I kind of get on with my day so it's very structured in terms of how I start my day which is important to me and I think if you can maintain that routine I think that helps to feed into the other things that may be affecting your health, your wellness, and your mental state. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I think it's similar to you because I've worked for myself for like ever. I feel that that routine is almost obvious to me, but it's amazing how many clients I've been speaking to who haven't quite wrapped their head around it yet because everything is just so new. And it's important to understand that when we create changes, it takes a lot of energy because we're we're changing the neural pathways in the brain. So I had one client who was saying to me how actually everything was going well, but it felt like it was so exhausting. And so it's really important, I guess, just to frame that as as we're transitioning into creating this new normal, we obviously have the um, the energy it's taking to be maybe feeling this emotional roller coaster or to be feeling the energy of others and taking that on, but then also just the energy for change. So building routines, even though it may take a little bit of energy in the beginning when everything is new, in the long term, that's what's going to save you energy so that you have more energy available to put into all the other things you could be doing with your time now. Should I go on to the next one I had from a health perspective or physical yeah. perspective? Yeah. Um, so the next one I had was um, to eat well. And we actually touched on this a little bit in the previous episode, but you know, when we're eating well, and obviously that means different things to different people, but generally speaking, I would just class that as eating foods, which are minimally processed, having an abundance of plants if you can, based on what's available right now and keeping your blood sugar stable. When we're eating well, that's also helping to give the body more energy, which means that you have more energy available to be supporting people emotionally, to be creating these new routines that we've talked about, and just to be enabling you to keep that grounded state we referred to. Because if you're wired on sugar or caffeine or your blood sugar is on a roller coaster ride, you're going to find it less easy to feel grounded. And then it's almost like swimming against the tide trying to you know, claw back some of that ability to manage yourself emotionally. Mm. So then the next one I had was move your body. Again, this comes back down to routines. You mentioned how like you get up in the morning and you do your movement and you do your meditation. And now that we are literally like inside and we're not allowed to go outside except to exercise, it's a really good opportunity to just make sure that we continue to move. We have had beautiful sunshine this week. So it is also a good time to get some vitamin D for your little outside visit if that's if that's what you're allowed to do. Um, but I do actually have some clients as well who are juggling a lot. So their, their work has actually ramped up in this time. So even though they're working from home, they're working very, very long hours as they try to juggle the responsibilities that they need to be juggling right now. And I know that a lot of parents are working full time alongside homeschooling and it's very overwhelming. So a really little simple hack you can do is just set a timer and then every hour, if you're spending a lot of time at your desk, just get up for one minute and do something of high intensity. 
So something like, you know, running on the spot or jumping jacks or squats or press-ups or burpees or just something that really gets your blood pumping for a minute, then you can sit down um, and go back to your desk. Obviously, there's also so much online right now. There's loads of yoga offerings, loads of personal training offerings. So it's also a great time if you do have a little bit of extra time to maybe start to build a fitness regime, if that's something that you haven't had in the past. So just to speak to that point of setting your timer, this is in the post that I shared yesterday using something called the Pomodoro Technique. So the Pomodoro Technique is based on a tomato timer and what it is is to help create focus within your working day. So if you are working from home and it's a new thing for you and you are lacking a little bit of that focus, um, you set your timer for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is, depending on what project you're working on. So if it's something that is a little bit more freestyle, creative, that timer might be a 40-minute session or an hour session. Or if it's something that needs a lot of your brain power that's really like high intensity, it's maybe a 20 minutes timer that you put on. And then you work to focus in those 20 minutes. And when the timer goes off, then you have a break to do something else. As Anna mentioned, you could do some exercise or perhaps it is a meditation or just a stand up and stretch, whatever it is. But in your in your regular office working hours, you tend to be interrupted on kind of a regular basis because people are all around you. There's colleagues, people are asking for things. So you naturally have this inbuilt sense of urgency and getting stuff done before somebody comes over and invites you to lunch or doing something else. So you kind of build that into your day. So it's useful to have that in your home environment by creating that time pressure on yourself through those Pomodoro pods, as it were. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or kombucha and color will send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way.
what I had kind of put in my notes was this idea of making sure that you're building restorative practices into your day, because it is so easy unless you've got that like timer and you've got those um, self-created bits of pressure to just, or at least like this would be me, is I just can keep on working and working and working and working and then get to the end of the day and then wonder why I'm so exhausted. You obviously have people who are at the other end of the spectrum that may struggle to be intentional and struggle to focus, but I think it's really important to remember that just because you're at home doesn't mean that you're relaxing and that you want to be mindful that you are actively creating time for relaxation in your day, whether that is doing a meditation or I actually just like to sometimes put my legs up, lie on the floor, put my legs up the wall, put a timer on for like 20 minutes and put some nice music on and I just lie there and I breathe. Or I break up the day a little bit by I'll, I'll do my cooking for dinner just in the day as part of a break so that I'm not always in front of my desk looking at a screen. It just breaks up the stimulus a little bit because I'm moving from something which is maybe screen orientated to something which is a little bit more creative, um, something which I find pleasurable and that helps to just break up the day a little bit more so it's, it's not so intensely work focused. And just on that, the first point in my blog post that I shared yesterday was on remembering your working hours. And obviously, of course, as we transition into this time, and there may be this transitional period where there's a lot of extra work that you have to do in order to just streamline this process of transitioning from office to home. But remembering your working hours and what you contract to do, because there can be a tendency for you just to work, as you said, like work full on up into midnight, going all the way into the early hours of the morning, or even what I've noticed with Warren, like he's up, he's up and he's working at his desk by like half past six. And I'm like, is this your working hours? You wouldn't usually be at your desk at this time, but it's now suddenly that, okay, well I'm up and I'm awake and I may as well just start the work or finishing later. And it just, it's not sustainable over the long period. So it's like, how can you just remember, okay, this is my working hours. This is what I'm contracted to do. Um, and of course, yes, there is some transition time to you know adjust to things. And if things are busy and you need to get it sorted, then of course, like you have that, you give that yourself that leeway, but just keep in the back of your mind, like where the balance is, because it's, yeah, as you said, like being at home, working from home doesn't mean that you are supporting your home life. You are working, but still just at home, if that makes mm. sense. Like there's a difference between being at home and working. Yeah. And actually that overlaps really nicely with my point, which was on boundaries, particularly the boundaries that we set with ourselves. Because I've noticed as well is that it's very easy, especially in this time where people maybe need more support or you want to help or you want to give more. It's very easy just to, obviously because my work is service-based, I'm helping people through the work that I do. So it's very easy just to want to do a bit more, give a bit more, be a little bit more extra available on messages and emails and things like that. But then how is that impacting you and how's it impacting your energy and your ability to sustain what you can contribute long-term? So we want to be aware of our boundaries. Like you say, boundaries around work, boundaries about how we protect our energy. And particularly for me, I'm almost finding social media so addictive right now because I'm like, want to check all the time to see what's going on in the world. But then it's also contributing to me actually not feeling very good for various reasons. So a little bit more boundaries and discipline around, you know, how I use social media and, you know, how I protect my energy right now is quite important. 
So with this idea of boundaries as well, like something that I had mentioned in the post was to create some kind of block end to your day. So some kind of ritual that can open up your day and some kind of ritual that can close your day. And in that way, doing those two end range things, create some kind of container for your working day so that you you don't just feel like you're working and you're working and you're at home, but you're then working, but there's your work and you're back home and you're trying to relax, but you've got the work open. If you have some really simple practice, like for me, when I was working in my office, I would every single morning when I walk in, light an incense stick, that smell then triggers, okay, this is time to work, settles my brain, I get focused, get clear. Now that I'm no longer working in my office, like I just, it's really simple. Come into my, um, come into the lounge where I'm working and sit for two minutes, take a meditation, take a few moments to breathe, feel that connection and then start the working day so that you move through it with the sense of, okay, now we are starting. And at the end of the day, how can you close your day? So perhaps that is shutting away your computer, turning it off, putting it out to one side. If you are able and lucky enough to have a, a whole room where you can be in, close the door, let that really like be a signifier to your body, your brain, your nervous system, that work time has now ended. And now I am moving into home time because we don't have that um, physical boundary anymore. We don't have that transition, that commute home. So how can you create that internal commute home within yourself. Yeah, I love that. And this may seem like an obvious one, but continue with your personal hygiene and self-care. So it's it can be so tempting thinking of this idea of boundaries to kind of keep your pajama buttons on while you are on your conference call or you've done your yoga workout or, or your workout at home. And then you're kind of still sitting around and you're like half sweaty yoga clothes for most of the day, just because it's easy, it's comfortable. So it, for me as well is that like that that yoga that workout time that's an example of like home activities and then as you transition into your work work day maybe you need to just make sure that you're showering you change your clothes you know maybe just still you can still put jewelry on you can still put makeup on you can still make yourself look nice for your work day and those are other little rituals that you can use to to create that um, self care as well as create those those boundaries around work. Like this is also me just reflecting on some of the challenges I'm noticing with my clients. And I think that at this point in time, there's so much going on in the world. And if you, you know, identify, you know, I think most people are, are feeling their heartstrings being pulled on for so many different reasons. And it can be very, it can be very tempting to want to help and to want to give and to want to do more for others right now. But we, we want to make sure that we're being careful about how much we choose to give and making sure that we don't overgive before we're taking care and looking after ourselves. So a really useful scale that um, I like to use is this uh, wellness scale where you have the scales on one to 10. And the idea is that you don't want to fall below five on the wellness scale. So you're you're taking that moment, that opportunity to check in with your physical wellness, your mental wellness, your emotional wellness, your spiritual wellness, and be, and just you know objectively or um, subjectively, should I say, you're asking yourself like, where am I on the scale? And of course, if you're feeling great, if you're like eight, nine, ten right now, you have the capacity to give to others quite a lot because the the energy that that will take from you won't knock you below five. But if you're actually feeling a lot right now, you're tired, maybe you haven't been eating so well, maybe you haven't been getting out to move your body, you're, you're feeling not so great in yourself, that 
maybe you identify as being five or six out of 10, then maybe now's not the best time for you to be offering your help. And I know as human beings, we naturally want to help. We naturally want to contribute. Contribution is one of our six human needs. So if you do feel that you want to be doing something more now, you want to be giving to others more, the first thing to do is just to go back to some of the basic self-care that we've been talking about, boost your wellness up to maybe a seven or an eight, and then just be mindful of what you commit to. So if you're, you can kind of judge, like if I was to commit to this, how much energy would it take for me? Would I be at risk of um, knocking myself down to below five? And that's a really nice way that you can check in with yourself in this time so that you can find a good balance between taking care of yourself so that you can then take care of others. On the flip side of that, the other thing I had was asking for help because we are often very, very happy to give. And what we struggle to do is to receive. And a common pattern for many is that we overgive and then we struggle to you know, say when we're struggling or we struggle to ask for help when we really need it. So for me personally, this is a massive challenge. Um, I identify as you know always having to be the strong one in times of stress and in times of pressure, I go into over-functioning mode, which means that I, I keep everything together but it's not necessarily always sustainable in the long term because it can get very tiring. So I don't know about you, Shay, but over the past couple of weeks, more people than ever before have just sent me messages saying like, are you okay? Like just clients, friends, family, everybody's messaging and saying, are you okay? And we need to, or we want to be able to do that for ourselves too, to be able to check in with ourselves and go, are you okay? What do you need right now? you know, and do you need to ask for help and who could you ask and can you allow yourself to, you know, surrender and to delegate responsibility? So it's just a little reminder really just to check in and make sure you're having a little moment each day just to check in with yourself and ask yourself what you need to ask for. I've definitely noticed over this last while that there's been so much more sense of community, connection, and connecting with people that I haven't connected with in ages. And it's really been beautiful. I taught a restorative flow this morning, actually. And also one of those nice like restorative practices that you can do that, that we spoke about earlier is like bringing yourself into those places where you are just calm, you're still um, you're having those time to reset. And something that I spoke about was this idea of your inner world. So what does your inner landscape look like right now? Like what is showing up for you in the stage? That's another way that you can ask that question of, how are you today? It's like, what is my inner landscape looking like? Like, does it feel stormy? And does it feel like, like it's really dense and like crowded with trees? Or is there a feeling of spaciousness? Or is there a feeling of what does the landscape look like inside my own inner world right now? So it's another way that you can, that you can ask or phrase that question to yourself. I love that. Yeah. That's a really nice way to ask. And just had a couple more things. Did you want to share any more of yours? So one, well, mine's very, mine's a very practical one. So I don't know if you've got any more of the esoteric ones that you want to put in. Esoteric. Um, the only other one I had was practice gratitude. You know, I, I spoke yes. at the That's beginning. Practical. Yeah, it's practical. Okay. Um, I spoke at the beginning about um, managing our emotional state and how our physiology needs to be well. But the other two components of that are the language that we use and what we focus on. And, and the practice of gratitude brings our focus to the present moment. It brings our focus back to what is and to the abundance of life. And it can take your attention away from the scarcity, the lack, the fear of thinking. 
even though times may be challenging right now, just taking a moment to think of what you're grateful for actually helps you to realize how amazing and, and how blessed we, we really are, even though the times may be a little bit tough. So important, especially when times are tough. Um, so the practical, one of the practical things that I have, and this is speaking to the home space, is that see if you can designate a certain area in your house that is specifically assigned for your work. Because I know from my freelancing journey, when I started working freelance, it was very tempting. And I did take my laptop into my bed and it's now so cozy and it's really lush and I'm all like, in my bed doing my work but then the body and the nervous system gets a little bit confused between areas that are relaxation and areas that are focus and over time I was able not to fall asleep in bed because my body is now being trained to be focused and productive in that environment and so now suddenly I'm asking myself to be in that environment and to switch off to ground to relax and it's completely like counterproductive to what I've been asking it to do so as much as possible see if you can create specific zones within your house that are working zones if you don't have a whole room to yourself that you could use just make it one small corner and then keep it to that corner if possible so that when you go to that space the body is like okay this is productive work time here I'm going to be and then really change that space which is another the next point is like really see if if your um, working space your working environment is a place where it is communal say it's in the lounge or in a kitchen what can you do to create a different atmosphere or a different ambience in that space to segregate between work and home so when I'm working in my lounge the lights are really bright it's um, really sunny so it's really open and airy and bright but when I'm finished working, I make sure to put the diffuser on, we light some candles, we put some essential oils on, put some soft music on. Like It creates a completely different atmosphere in the same space so that it feels like that was very separate to the work that I was doing in that same environment. So really changing that for yourself is really useful. Yeah, I love that. And so the other thing that I have, and this is also like a really... Um, practical thing is that if you are used to working in office, you might be really used to hearing a lot of ambient noise around you, a little bit of paper shuffling, people talking and being able to work in a place that's completely silent, which is probably your house now that there's maybe no traffic around or a lot less traffic. Unless you've got kids. <laughs> unless you've got kids or unless there's, unless there's something. I think kids' noise is kind of like a different noise. It's like, But there's definitely a brainwave state that's activated when there's this little bit of I would say like flurry noise in the background, like a soft flurry. So there's actually a really um, cool Spotify playlist. That's a coffee house, ambient coffee house. Um, if you go to the blog post that I wrote, I linked it in there. Um, I actually use this often when I'm working. I put it on, on my phone and I just have it um, playing in the background and it just keeps you a little bit present, a little bit alert. Um, there's also a website called Coffitivity, which we'll link in the show notes. And that's another way that you can just find that little gentle hum of, noise and sound in the background, which is quite useful if you are used to working in that kind of environment. I love those suggestions and that what's actually coming to mind as you're talking about all this stuff is that, because obviously I'm the opposite in that I'm more well, same as you, but opposite to someone who's now been told to work from home is that I'm used to being at home on my own. So I'm, <laughs> so my husband, Ben, he's at home now, he's working from home. He's already told me that I'm really rubbish at working in an office environment because I'm so used to being hyper-focused and just completely like zoning everything else out he, he'll like come and chat to me and I'm like what are you doing <laughs> like I'm working like why are you interrupting me um and so I think it's also like 
about being flexible with your, you know, if you're now in a shared space where one of you was working from home, one of you is used to being in an office and also having, being flexible with, with how you now manage that um, shared space. And we, we talked about boundaries as well, but also just maybe having a conversation about boundaries as well, if you are sharing your space. So that leads really nicely onto the last point that I had was give yourself a break. And obviously we've spoken about the practical break of like every 20 minutes, every 60 minutes, get up, do something as a practical break, but also give yourself a break, like give yourself a break. This is the first time probably that you're managing it. This is definitely the first time that any of us have been in this pandemic, that any of us have been in this Corona chaos situation. So give yourself a break. And mm-hmm. Renee Brown's got a new podcast that she's just released and she calls it FFTs. So if you've got children, this is going to be an F-bomb, but um, better mute it now. But she calls them FFTs, fucking first times. And she's like, you have to just name it for what it is. Like, this is the first time that you're doing it. Allow yourself to be in that muddly beginning bit where you don't know what you're doing. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to build a new routine. Just give yourself that space to give yourself a break. Like, this is all new. And then that, that is, that, that, that helps to shift our inner world. So, yeah. Yeah. And and that's been coming up a lot with my clients, especially in my Grounded Goddess program where there's, there's a schedule, you know, you, you do this training in this week and that training this week. And obviously everyone's world has been turned upside down since we started the program. And many of my clients are coming to me and be like, I haven't done it. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. And I'm just like, compassion. Like now more than ever, the universe is testing your ability to be compassionate with yourself. So if now is the time to practice, now is the time. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your tools and tidbits with us. Anything else you want to add? I did actually have one more on my list, which is a practical thing, which is that if you are fortunate enough to be blessed with a little bit of extra time now, um, just think of ways that you can creatively use this time, whether that is listening to episodes of Kombucha and Color, or maybe you want to join Shay's Move, Breathe, Create platform. And I know you've got all sorts of like creativity things as well as all the yoga and meditation pieces on there. I've actually ordered some biodegradable plant potters so you can grow your own microgreens and you can grow your own herbs i think they have one for tomatoes as well so i'm going to be like doing a little bit of balcony and windowsill gardening and also have my vision board which i've been collecting images for but i actually need to sit down and put them all together so now is a great time just to do some of those things that you you always think that you never have the time to do I love that. And for me, I've got, I've actually got a, a, a 30 day free on the move, breathe, create platform. So if you use the code home yoga, you can get 30 days free. And um, just as again, that mindful way of giving to people who maybe are feeling a little bit financially um, strained over this time. Um, there's no pressure to stay onwards. You can just take 30 days and you know, you don't have to stay on, but for, for me, I've really noticed this collective creativity has really switched on. People are getting so creative just in terms of managing their business, creative resourcefulness is coming out and it taps us into that plane of potential where creativity, where inspiration, where source divinity all resides. And it's only when we slow down enough that we actually are tuned in and tapped into this field. So 
it's been very interesting for me to observe this. Like so many people are getting so much more creative. They're doing things with their hands. They're making things. They are picking up their camera. They are recording music. They are making sounds. They are writing poetry, reading books. Like we bring ourselves back to these things that really fuel and nourish our soul in this time, which is what the earth needs. The earth needs for us to be embodied in that place of soul so that we can give back from a place of love. So yeah, I've really noticed it and it's been really interesting to observe something that I've been teaching and sharing for a long time, but it's interesting to see how this is coming up in new ways now. Yeah. And I can't remember, I know when we spoke last week, you said this, but I don't know if we were recording at the time, but you said that there's this possibility that we could look back on this time and realize we could have enjoyed it just that little bit more. Mm. And I think it's, Yes, obviously deal with the basics of your basic survival needs first. But once you do have, you know, those basic needs met, then if we think of the chakra system, the next layer up is to move into that creative space and and really ask yourself, like, how could you get the most from this time? So that it can be a time of growth, it can be a time of embodiment, it can be a time of creativity, um, and it can be a time of really creating some positive shifts in your life that you can then carry forward into the new world, however it looks and whenever this phase ends. Mm-hmm. I'm living my best life in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know, we see, all, we see it all on social media. <laughs> I, I kind of realized that my life is not that different to quarantine. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I'm just so grateful that we live so close to the beach and I can, you know, I've, that's just a spacious place that I can still go outside to. As long as there's food in the fridge and I can cook and make creative meals and I can walk on the beach, uh, those, are, those are two things that make me very happy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Anna. We will see you again next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, Nine Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. 
You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community.